This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got a great show for you tonight. Islanders with a win. And Thibodeau, your coach of the year. Gordon and I discuss next. That's the number to join our Monday night edition of ESPN New York tonight. You can also reach us via social media at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Mike Mike and Brian Munguia. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons right here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, hello. Hello. Larry, how we feeling, buddy? Great. How was your weekend, my friend? Other than uh, what I saw on social media. Yeah, not great, Larry. <laughs> Other than wanna, that. I don't want to give away the farm here, but uh, yeah, oh. it, was not, it was not ideal. It was not fantastic. Here, here's when I knew you were struggling, my friend. Yeah. When you were ready to marry your daughter off to a social media boxer. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I tweeted out, I'd rather watch uh, my daughter marry Jake Paul than watch another inning of this Yankee team because they are brutal. I mean, their season's over, and you know what? It, the NBA playoffs were fun, but those things ended tonight. I was saying on Saturday, I didn't feel like the consensus was there yet. I was on the, the consensus that the Nets are going to roll through this thing. I think after tonight's performance, a lot more people are going to be joining the consensus. Milwaukee, you know what? They may have to blow that team up. Oh, my. <laughs> and Giannis <laughs> just signed a long time. Giannis yeah. just extended. Gordon, yeah. they may have to break that team up. This would be the third consecutive year. They're out in the second round. Yeah. I mean, think about it as well, right? Like Harden goes down in game one. They lose. I mean, it wasn't really as close as the final score indicated, but okay, Mm -mm. it's game one. They go into tonight knowing Harden is not playing, knowing this is your shot to get a game, and they weren't even close. I mean, they trailed. I think they trailed by 50 at one point. Seems like it. (laughs) 50 in a playoff game. I I went back and looked. I can only find 49. It felt like it was about 150 because – that was not even close. Uh, that uh, that is uh, to and the Nets playing without Harden in two games are now up two games to none. And let's be honest, this series, this was supposed to be the competitive series. It was done. So this is over. This is done. The, the Bucks are toast, and and you have to wonder if Mike Budenholzer might be uh, starting to look for some cardboard boxes. Yeah, because uh, th- there might have to be some changes there for sure. I think uh, much like Terry Stotts in yeah. Portland. Right. You get to I a certain think, level. You can't get past that level, right? Yeah, that's it. I think uh, Mrs. Budenholzer might be getting ordering some boxes from U-Haul. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it, it's easy to say now because of the way things have gone. But when you take a look, it, it's impossible to match the, the Nets' talent for talent. But, you know, you're watching um, Drew Holiday and you're watching Chris Middleton and, and Brooke Lopez. And, and, look, they had a, a good regular season and all, but – and they've had some good regular seasons, and Giannis is, is Giannis, but they don't match up. <laughs> I mean, they don't, I don't match know who, up. It doesn't, nobody is going to match up with this Nets team if they're healthy, and they don't, they're not even healthy. I mean, they're losing one of the big key parts of it, and, and they're not even close. So the NBA playoffs were fun while they lasted, but uh, the Nets have put everybody on notice tonight. It, it, and, it, and it looks like they're not even trying Milwaukee. It really does. It oh, looks like they're not I mean, giving any an effort whatsoever. Oh, it's I awful. Mean, it's awful. Yeah. And now, Gordon, I may have to, and you said it last week, I'll give you credit, I may have to reevaluate how my Knicks are after looking at what Atlanta went in and did to Philly. Absolutely. Even though, you know, Philly came back and made it close. But, I mean, they, I I thought I was watching the Knicks series again. 
It was like a replay, right? <laughs> Especially in that first half. Trey Young did whatever he wanted, got to wherever he wanted on the court. He had the little floater working. He was doing the, the alley-oops. The, the, the Sixers were, were standing around thinking to themselves, wait a second, oh, the series has started? But, yeah, they did make it a little close, and I think that, you know, as, as time goes on, well, I hope, I mean, uh, because – that that's if you're if you're someone who was hoping to avoid a Nets romp through the playoffs and at least make things competitive, uh, there's not that many teams left, right? I no. mean, it, it, this series here against the Bucks, it feels like is done. So then you're talking about an Eastern Conference Finals against the Sixers or maybe the Hawks, and um, doesn't feel like that one will last much longer than this one. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, the Hawks it did make you feel a little bit better about your next series because uh, they did basically whatever they wanted to in game one, especially in that first half. It made me feel better about the series, Gordon, but not naive enough to know that I need some more talent. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, look, I mean, it, it cannot be any more crystal clear than the way that it went ab about. And I think it kind of, it actually kind of, I'm sure it didn't impact the vote any, but if it ever could, why Tom Thibodeau was able to win coach yeah. of the year you know, you watch the playoff series and you're thinking to yourself, wait a second, this guy won 41 games with this group? I mean, mm -hmm. th this is – that's a pretty – no one could have gotten more out of that group than, than Tibbs did this year. So congratulations to him on uh, winning Coach of the Year. So, Gordon, I, we're going to talk about it in a couple of minutes. I hate to do it to you. Okay. But we're going to be talking about it in a couple of minutes. And, and I, I must tell you – I'll get to the calls in a second. I must tell you that – even I am surprised at how the Yankee offense is going. And while I am still not ready to say the season is over, I'm still not ready to say. It's still only six and a half games out. So I'm still not ready to say the season is over. I am a little You're baffled. moving closer to that line. Yeah, I am, I am a little baffled uh, as to why it's taken so long for these guys who have performed previously – to wake up. I mean, it's not like this is a totally new team with, with, with bad no, talent. No. I, I just, I, so, I mean, I just can't understand why they're just not playing better. And listen, Boone has his share of, of, of the blame and Cashman has his share of the blame, but doggone it, Gordon, the players are really skating by on this a little bit. You know, they're, they're the ones that's on the field. They're the ones that aren't producing in big spots. Absolutely. Uh, they, they have a lineup right now that just has a, either guys who you have come to expect a certain level of production and they are slumping. Then they have some guys who have just been outright terrible. Uh, and then they have Aaron Judge. Uh, and then they have some guys that are hurt. Uh, then they have Aaron Judge. Uh, so it's, uh, it's very frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch them night in and night out. Uh, you know, I always joke that on Saturday nights, I'll sit and, and watch movies that I've seen a thousand times before. And watching the Yankees is kind of like seeing some of those movies because you know what's going to happen. You can see it coming from a mile away. You've seen it happen every single day. And yet there's nothing they can do to prevent it. So when they blow opportunities like last night – having chances to score early, trying to have a chance to blow game open early, grounding into double plays. You just know it's going to come back to bite them. And uh, I am kind of of the belief that the season is over because what it would – they're not making any changes. They have made that abundantly clear because of the luxury tax. If they make a move, it's going to be a tweak. Maybe it's something from internal. But I think that if they were going to make some internal changes, they would have made them by now because that's yeah. how bad they've been. But then for me, Gordon, uh, it's it's I'm ready to see Floreal. I mean, Gordon, I, I don't know why, how you're not. I mean, I mean, come on, what uh, you okay? You're telling me that you don't have a 
a, a, a bunch of talent that's ready to play in the major leagues. Okay, I get it. I understand it. But this is a kid who your center fielder, Brett Gardner, is going to pass out any day. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it, even bringing back Brett Gardner was, to me, pushing it, right? They were always going to keep bringing him back until one year it completely blew up in their face. And he's not an everyday player at this point, and we know that. So it, it's uh, no team. I think it's no team has gotten uh, less production at first base. Oh, no, excuse. Mm. Uh, yeah, no team has gotten less production at first base. And there's one team that's gotten uh, it's either one or the other. They, they're the second worst in center field and the worst in first base or vice versa. They're the second worst at first base and um, the worst in center field. So the area is like if you wanted to just simply make a tweak, right, you're not going to make some big move. Go and find somebody who's at least a, a capable mm-hmm. center fielder, a capable first base. The fact that the Yankees, as an organization, don't have somebody who can come in and play first base and hit a couple of home runs and, and mix in a base hit every once in a while, that's about maybe as glaring a uh, statement against Brian Cashman as there is. I mean, there's, there's nobody in the organization that you can pop in at first base that can get a hit or two? I mean, that's crazy. It is. It is. And – you know, I, I've, I've mentioned his name a lot, Gordon, and I'm, I'm surprised. And he came up. There was a couple of, of big spots this weekend. Listen, he wasn't alone, but there's a couple of big spots this weekend against the Red Sox where he came up. And it and right now, because he's struggling, I'm talking about DJ. Yep. Because he's struggling, it, the, the big spots always seem to find him. Absolutely. And right now, because he's struggling, he's just not coming through. And this is this is not the machine that has been so you could argue was the Yankees best player for two mm-hmm. years. Yep. Uh, and, and this is where, you know, people always say, well, you know, you have to have more DJ LeMahieu. Well, when DJ LeMahieu here, the last two years, it wasn't that he was slugging 40 home runs, but he did have pop. He would, he would have doubles. He would, he would, he had a slugging of the, in the five hundreds. Uh, he is slugging right now in the three hundreds. He, he's not hitting with any power whatsoever. So when you hit the ball on the on the ground as much as he does and you're not hitting it hard, you're going to hit into a lot of double plays. You're going to ground into a lot of outs, and that's what's happening right now. And this is almost, you know, worst-case scenario. You talk about worst-case scenarios. This is kind of what you th- – I don't even think you thought it was this bad, but this is kind of the player you thought that the Yankees signed when they signed LeMahieu a couple of years ago, a guy who, yes, he did hit the ball hard – but he hit it on the ground a lot. You hit it on the ground with all the shifts and everything else. You're going to hit into a lot of outs. And, and right now, it just seems like there's, there's nothing going right, including D.J. LeMahieu. And he's another guy, right? Like if he could get going at the top of the order, that would be a big plus. But it doesn't seem like he – I know you'll hear the, the manager tell you that he thinks he's close. He thinks he's <laughs> close, Larry. Everybody's close. Uh, but the Yankees right now are, aren't close. And I think that it's time that – you know, as painful as it might be, I think it's time for Brian Cashman and, and Yankee ownership to kind of look in the mirror, and it's not a good look. It's almost as bad as looking in the standings right now. That's how, uh, how, how ugly it's been. Uh, it's not what you want. No, in the words <laughs> of someone else. And, and you know what? I, we don't obviously have a game tonight, but you listen Thank to Boone goodness. the last few days, mm-hmm. and he is struggling to come up with any answers. How about uh, that? He, yeah, it seems like he's out of answers. So I don't think that there's going to be a, a managerial change. I think that they're going to ride this out. And if it means that the season slips away, then the season will slip away. And they'll spin something that it was this, it was that, it was injuries, it was we didn't expect blah, 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 blah. But it does kind of seem like, at least right now, he's – I mean, it was never really – you never really got a whole lot in those 
press conferences to begin with, but even now he's struggling to come up with something positive, and that that's an indication that it's really bad. Well, that's good. Okay, that's no, good. That, that, no, because well, he doesn't have he doesn't have any B material. He's not like the comedian that like he shakes up his act like based on the crowd and where he's performing. He's got one routine, and when that's not working, he's gonna bomb. They're gonna boom off the stage, and and that has been uh, the the ro- It's very hard to paint a rosy picture and say I think we're close. I think it's coming around. I think I've seen some good at bats. I've seen some signs of progress. Where are these signs of progress? Where are they? Well, they aren't, and that's why he can't say that anymore, Gordon. Here's the bottom line. He's got to realize that this team is just not producing at all. And the other part of it is what's so frustrating, I would think, as a Yankee fan, is defensively they're okay. They they run out. the, The base running is a joke. Yeah, uh, there's always terrible. something that that, that 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 hurts them. And now, unfortunately for them, Gordon, the bullpen is struggling over the past little bit. And this is listen, the pitching has been what saved them. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, now absolutely. the bullpen is starting to, to struggle a little bit. Although I gotta say, listen, and and we'll talk about this as well. I mean I'm I'm ready to have the robot umpires after that strike three call on no door. Yeah, that's not why they lost. I want to make it's that not why clear. They lost. It's but I mean, not. the umpires on a regular basis, and I almost feel like if you go back to the two one pitch, I know this is getting in the weeds here, but mm-hmm. when you go back to the two one pitch, there was a pitch that was kind of a strike. It might have been a ball, but it was certainly much closer than that one. And Odor was just shaking his head, no, 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 yeah, no. Now, he didn't yeah. say anything, but mm-hmm. you could see the umpire behind the plate kind of jerk his head and look at Odor. And you know these mm-hmm. umps, they have such rabbit ears that if you say anything or you put up any fight, it, well, oh, my God. They're... So it almost felt like it was preordained that that was going to be strike three if it was within a foot of the plate. And, and at least it was within a foot of the plate, not by much, <laughs> but it was within a foot of the plate. So, yeah, that was a – I mean, it's atrocious. And it, it, think about if, if any other sport – Right, like the the sport is broadcast, and it's broadcast with the box on the TV. I know. So every single pitch that's bad, like that, and it happens more than you would think, mm-hmm. it's right there for everyone to see. So I mean, they talk about changes, and I was saying this on on Sunday about the different changes that they can make. That's one that they should be automatically putting in there. And if the umpires don't like it, too bad because they're they're making the sport look bad. You, yeah. How many times did that play get replayed over and over and over again? Like, if there was a blown call in the NFL, it might happen. Sure, obviously. But they've set up a system where it's impossible for the umpires to be 100% perfect. Yeah. But yet they have this system in place and, and catchers stealing strikes as much as they are and doing such a good job of it. Here's a tool that you can use that you get it right and there's no arguments about it. There's nothing you can argue, right? It's a computer in the, in the skybox or wherever it is. Uh, and you could fix the problem once and for all. But, of course, baseball is, is busy. Uh, they're going to check pitchers now 10 times a game to make sure they don't have any pine tar on them, Larry. <laughs> oh That's right. God. And, and th- oh thanks to the fan who thinks DeGrom needs that after yeah, throwing right? all these triple-digit triple fastballs that uh, got his ERA like below .6 or whatever yeah. it is right now. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. 1-800-919-3776. Okay, I know I said it. I promise you, Gordon and I will talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Gordon, let's take some calls. Let's do it. JP's in Brooklyn. Hey, JP, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Larry, thanks for having me. What's up, Gordon? Hey, JP. Check it out, Larry. Yep. Um, my team could get – Brooklyn could get better. Um. Blake Griffin cannot have 
the game he had today, uh, seven points, eight rebounds. I'm not talking about him giving me a bunch of offense, but he got to he got to give me at least twelve rebounds. If he did, if he did a little bit more offensive yeah. re, on an offensive rebound side, well, they of might the win ball, by seventy five. Would have got more rebounds. Hello. Yeah, yeah we have to say if he does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if he would have did a little bit more, yeah. uh, I need him on the offensive know? rebounding side of the ball. Do you he need gotta him be out to there rebounding that? the ball? I don't know that you need him to do that, though. I think, I, I don't know. Yes, think... yes, we need that. We need, if we, we get that, then we could uh, uh, corner the market. We'll corner the whole league. <laughs> I, if, if, I don't know. I think you kind of corner the market. If he could give me, if he, if he could become a Dennis Rodman on yeah. that team, wow. like a rebounding machine, mm-hmm. I guarantee it, you know, we're going to sail through the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're going to sail through the playoffs no matter whether he does that or not. He could dress like Dennis no, Rodman. No, 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 no. Don't promote that. Please yeah, no, it is. don't it's promote case. that. It's over. We it's over. The playoffs were fun while they lasted. Now well, it's, just, the it's just filling in the dates. Yeah, and here's the thing, JP, and thanks for the phone call. You need to get better. Well, you will when Harden comes back. Right. Who <laughs> needs him? Let him sit there. I mean, why would we even play him in, in game three, right? I mean, like, no give him an extra back. day. An extra couple of days. Right. Because <laughs> you know? they don't play till Thursday, and then I don't know, when, when is game four? Would that be Saturday? Probably. Yeah. You know the NBA. Could be yeah, Sunday. Well, <laughs> yeah, it might be, might be Tuesday next week. <laughs> Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry and Gordon. How you doing? Charlie, what's up? Uh, I mean, what a weekend was it? I mean, the fact that every game was night game, just yesterday made it worse. Just, oh, uh, I mean, this team is just so pathetic and uninspiring. And Larry and Gordon, I've I, I, I always been patient with this organization. i always been trying to, like, you know, Patient, but I'm at the point where I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm sick with this team, and I want boom out of here, fired Cashman out of here. Here's on boom, boom. I'm mean, yesterday like the, the the fundamental has gone worse since he took over. Uh, ever since Joe Girardi, they let go Joe Girardi. The fundamental has gone awful. I mean, look at proof. Proof is in, the proof is there. 28 outs on the bases yesterday. Clint Frazier should be take. I mean, he should be calling off that ball. I mean, it's. I mean, this team has no life. The fact that uh, why he's not getting tossed out of the game, while Phil Nevin basically he's an I with an IV and Carlos Mendoza. Those are the guys get ejected before him. I mean, it's yeah. a joke. I mean, enough and on Cashman on Cashman. Yesterday on the broadcast, A. Rod said, "Like uh, this, this team he has created uh, essentially a double play machine roster with all the right-handed bats. There is, I mean, the fact that this left-handed bat on this lineup is Brett Gardner, Tyler Wade, and Mudanudor. And I heard over the weekend a broadcast, or I think it was Friday or so. The fact that Austin Meadows, as a role, he's a he's a, a Tampa Bay Rays." He has more home runs at Yankee Stadium, a, a, a team for player from the road, on the road, than any lefty bats from the Yankees. And the Yankees, this is a, at the point, it has become an absolute joke fest. 
the people, I, mean, I cannot stand Boone's post-game press conference. All the cliche, we're going to get better. Good times are coming. No, enough with that garbage. Uh, at, that, I, I'm, at this point, I'm like, I mean, this is unwatchable. This is unwatchable. But here's the issue for him, Charlie, and thanks for the phone call. And I know what you're saying, but here's the issue for him. He was brought here because the person before him that told you what he really thought at post-game press conferences was fired. So he's not going to do that. He can't. That's how he got this job. So that's why he's struggling now trying to find the right things to say. Because he knows he's limited. They didn't want that. That's not what they wanted. That's why nope. Joey G is not here. Gordon, yep. it's very simple. He can't do it. And, and look, uh, I know everybody wants Aaron Boone fired, and I know everybody, uh, certainly more and more people, want Brian Cashman out. I don't think any of that's going to happen. I mean, it, maybe if it gets really bad where you're 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 way under 500 and you're out of it by July and, and that happens, then maybe. But I, I don't get the sense that the, – because to fire Boone, you'd have to have Cashman – Admit he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. No. And it no. seems like that Cashman has a job for life with Hal Steinbrenner. It doesn't seem the, – the, Hal's last name is Steinbrenner, but that's about the only connection there, boy, because he is not running the team like George would. And, 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 and that's not to say that George ran it well. I mean, he destroyed it in a lot of times. But you know what? There could be a little bit of balance. It doesn't have to be psychopath or – falling asleep what what watching the season go down the tubes i mean can we have a little bit where there's there's repercussions for failure because this has been abysmal and i agree with you larry it, it comes back to the players and and they have to it's not like aaron boone has some great options to shake up the lineup but at some point like what is the manager responsible for yeah i, I thought he yep. was supposed to be the one that like kind of sets the tone and gets everybody on the same page i mean if you wanted an example of a team that's not on the same page, it would be the Yankees. The base mm-hmm. running mistakes, the defensive mistakes, every, all the different areas where they they don't play well. And see, you know, in, in this age of sabermetrics, Gordon, it's really hard to figure out who who is responsible for what. Right, right? yeah. I, I mean, mean, you could argue that the sabermetricians are responsible for the makeup of this team. Because Absolutely. that's what that's what baseball was. It was right. home run or strikeouts. Right. Who, who, we got who needs run. contact? Right. You roll the dice in the postseason. Listen, get there. Worry about getting there. And this is how you get there. You hit home runs. You you if you strike out, you strike out. It's okay. Don't waste the bats. Go for the fences. Get your get, get some one hundred mile an hour strong pitchers in the bullpen. And, and when you get to the get to the postseason, roll the dice. So I mean, we're, we're blaming Cashman, but what is Cashman doing? Cashman is following. In a lot of yeah, cases. but he's the one who he's the one that went full bore on this because I think the owner is full bore on this, you know. Yeah. So he he wants about efficiency and and all about the numbers. So, uh, so that is Hal's fault. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I I think the blame goes up the up the chain. I mean, yeah. you could certainly say I, I get the point of staying under the luxury tax because you know the Rays are spending a quarter of the the money that you are and they're successful, but. You're already in for, for all this money. This is the time to win, and they didn't go out this offseason and make any significant improvements at all and, mm-hmm. and essentially said, you know what? Last year, the reason why they were, what, 33 and 27 was because it was a fluky year and it was a weird year. They essentially doubled down on last year's team, and we're seeing that there are diminishing returns. And it certainly happened last year, and it certainly happened right now through 60 games. And you know what? And and I feel for him because he's become the poster boy for this. 
But look, and I know people didn't like Giancarlo Stanton when he got here. They didn't feel he needed him. And it's not just him, Gordon. I mean, with all due respect to him, it's not just him. I understand the contract and everything. Oh I, got what a disaster I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got I, it. But it's not, I mean, to make him like, he's the reason why we're going through this. No, no of course not. not. The only it's not about why. one player, but he's like the poster child for a lot of the issues because when it comes to not performing when you need to perform, he's, he's on that kind of list. And then the injury stuff is, is he's the poster child for that as well. Um, he's not, you know, he's had some, he had some clutch moments in the postseason last year. The first year he, he did have clutch moments, but he's been, he's never plays. Yeah. And this weekend was a perfect example. He was supposed to play all the games against the Red Sox. And, they and then out. and 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 they're sitting him down to keep him healthy. And and then they're bringing him up cold off the bench. He's not a good pinch hitter. And so what happens? Strikeout, right? I mean yeah. I mean it's infuri- this is a guy who's supposed to be in the prime of his life, the prime mm-hmm. of his career. Yeah. And he he can only he can only hit. He can only swing the bat. I was watching, uh, you know, John Boy, uh, the the talking Yankees. Mm-hmm. Even the bats that he's had here the last few days, he didn't run. He wasn't mm-hmm. on the bases, so he never had to run. And now they have a day off today. He sat yesterday. They got a day off today. They got a day off Friday. They have all these days off, and this guy can't play. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he signed through 2027. It's scary. Oh, my God, that is a disaster. I mean, uh, uh, there's been some moves that Cashman has made that have really just been, as, if you're a GM for as long as he has, there's going to be some disasters there. That has the potential to be the biggest disaster of them all because if this guy can't stay healthy as the DH on a team where all you're asking him to do is swing the bat at this point, this is the time where if you break down down the road, right? Like in year 10 of the of the deal, I guess that's to be expected. But he can't even stay healthy now. I know. It's crazy. It is. It really is. We're here till midnight. Taking your phone calls. And Gordon, let's see what folks have to say. I, I see some it. I see some Yankee fans. Uh, uh, the Yankee talk. How about those Islanders? Huh? Let's talk about them for a change. Let's talk about that French Open. That's been wild. Huh? That's been a crazy scene. Anything but the Yankees at this point for me. All right. You want to talk Islanders? Here's Mike yep. from Queens. There Mike, you go. You're next on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, hold on. Okay, we're good. Oh, Pazell, well, he's not ready. Off. I mean, that's just that's Glenn, a that's bad job playing off hockey. Come on. That's what the pass to Bozell. Bozell's an opening. He skates in. He shoots. He scores. Hmm. the power play goal. We're getting tied at one. Crowd gives the puck away. That was making position. Then he moves in. He shoots. off. Ball can play a clip. Come on, he shoots. He scores. They take the lead two one. Sukaras could get his standing on Palm Island. But Bavillier, five steps to hit. The pass is to Pedzil. Pedzil is at the Bailey. And he's gone! They take me there again. Maybe take Billy Gooley 3 2. Was that Ebony? Ebony at one time, he shoots. He's gone! They lead 4 2. Pedzil gets the puck out of the air. The pass to Bo. Bo attacks to Nelson. Pedzil shoots. He's gone! Down to Islanders. Down is win game five. Win back home ice. Go back home for game six. The Clemson series, the old boss does, old stories to tell, big ending, round two, game five, on the road, Boston Mets, being out to the island. Thank you, Mike. All right, there we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next go. on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. All right, listen, I called about the Yankees, but I got to address that guy that called, y'all. You know, I can respect a Nets fan from Long Island. <laughs> 
I can respect a Nets fan from New Jersey. These Brooklyn Nets fans, like, let's be honest, who just became fans of the team two or three years ago, a lot of them just became fans of the team this year. Blake Griffin is the problem. They won by, like, 70 points tonight. What the <laughs> hell was that guy talking about? <laughs> you know, that's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, man. I mean, you know, it, it, it shows, you know, um, what, what they call that, the, the groupieism. It's the groupieism. Yeah. When these guys leave this team, those same guys that have been calling you about the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be Knicks fans again. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. No room on the bandwagon. I think that they probably were still selling those tickets half price like they were in round one. But, look, they showed up. You know, that's a, that's a, big, uh, a big performance by the fans to show up tonight for the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> half of those people couldn't name you. Like, besides <laughs> oh, no. the first three people on there, they couldn't name you the other guys on the team. No. But that's neither here nor there. Listen, you know, the goers on in the Bronx, you know, and I know, Gordon, we spoke about this a thousand times. I told you a while ago, yeah, like, ain't no, nothing happening no. this year. No. It, it, it's, it's not necessarily I don't think a bad we, thing, I, though. Look, I understand that I, I, was, I was worried, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. But it, it's almost it's at a level now where you can't really expect anything different. I mean, take a look, you know, take a look at the lineup day in and day out. I mean, it's not a good lineup. It, there's too many guys in it that just don't hit. You know what? The lineup is a problem, but it's the collective. And you touched on the root source. And, and, and partially, uh, you said something. I mean, listen, you got to put some respect on Mr. Steinbrenner's name. I mean, he had some issues and we had some problems. But there was never a time throughout his tenure that we weren't relevant. Or oh, no, that's we not who? George? Aggressive move. Oh, no. Listen, I mean, no. He listen. was a disaster, Buddha. I mean, he, I mean, before he got George, suspended. Disaster? Come on. George, absolutely. No, go look. Oh, jo- uh, no, Buddha. I mean, he was a, every year Man, firing listen, managers, firing GMs. I remember the Danny Tartable days. But what yeah. I'm saying is, look, what he produced in his lifespan. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. You wouldn't Body trade that Absolutely. Absolutely, you'd you'd want you him. If you take the good and the bad. You'd have him. You'd have him own every team that you own, right? That you root for. Absolutely. And, and, and look, when you spoke about how, like I said, it's the collective, man. I mean, you know that approach. See, see what happens is, is you know, when you try to change who you are, you know, at your core, you know, when you throw away your values as a person, when when you try to follow the crowd, these are the things that happen to you. We are not the team that's supposed to focus on fiscal responsibility. We're not the team that's supposed to have a puppet manager. Listen, Joe Torrey had a couple of chips in his pocket, and there were articles, and, and I forgot what you, but I don't want to get the year wrong, where his job was on the line. I mean, when you don't have that, that high-anxiety environment, the culture from the top down, Boone is just uh, – Boone, Boone is not even really the issue. The fact that he's there is the issue. Right. And also with Cashman, like you said, and this is a big problem, like he's, he's in for life. It's like I've a mob fan. Like he's in for life. I mean, he's done everything he's needed to do. He doesn't have to prove himself anymore. That's where the problem comes from. We have a collection of talent. We don't have a team. The talent is pretty much identical. I mean, where the Jimmy Keys, the El Duke? We used to find these guys from other teams to put along with the core talent that we developed. Our farm system was strong. I mean, it's a big, it's, it's, it's everything. 
the manager. He showed more passion that other day arguing with the ump than you've ever seen him dealing with his own team. He can't even counsel these guys. He came in with that deal. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster. And if Hal Steinbrenner doesn't say, I got to reevaluate, forget about everybody else. If Hal Steinbrenner doesn't look at this and say, I got to reevaluate my approach, then we're lost. Just to show you how bad the lineup is this year, like mm-hmm. uh, the, the two things that I had was that, you know, the three teams that have been no hit twice this year, the Mariners, the Indians, and the Rangers, they've all mm-hmm. scored more runs than the Yankees. And wow. We've now through 60 games, right? 60 games last year. Last year, the Yankees through 60 games scored 315 runs. This year, it's 223. So it's almost mm. 100 runs lower in 60 games. Mm. That it's tells amazing. you how bad the offense has been. It's amazing. And every time you watch the broadcast, going, I'll have to tell you, every time I tune in, there's a record that they're setting for yeah, futility as far as runners left on base, average, uh, you know, all that stuff. Double it's amazing. Yeah. And, and I, the double plays are just crazy. They had a it's stat. Crazy. I, I, wanna, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this exactly right, but the Yankees so far this year, I want to say, have hit into – 11 double plays with the bases loaded oh, and that there's like 10 teams that haven't even done it once. It's amazing. I mean, that, that's, I have to find the exact numbers. Maybe it's, maybe it's lower than that, but there are certain teams. There's a good, almost like tw- uh, maybe 25% of the league that has not done it more than once. The Yankees have mm. done it like double digit times. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It is. Sam's in Jersey. Hey Sam, you're next on 98, seven. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Larry and Gordon. Um, I want to make a point about the Nets. First of all, that Blake Griffin pickup is coming to be a really, really, really good pickup. We didn't like thinking in the beginning. We thought too many, not there's not enough ball to go around. He's doing his job. He's getting the rebounds. He's being the hustle player. So that's that. That makes it that if Dane doesn't come to LA, they're just going to win back to back. And my second thing is a question for you guys. Do you think the Clippers or the Suns have a better chance at putting up, not even a, not to win, just to put up a better entertainment for us in the finals? Yeah, I was thinking about that. What do you think, Larry? I, I'm going to say uh, I think the Clippers. Probably too, yeah. Yeah, but the Suns would be interesting, but I just don't think they have enough I don't think they have firepower. Enough. I don't no. think Devin Booker alone, and I don't know what CP3 situation is going to be. You know, um, I think Devin, who had a phenomenal series to oust the Lakers, Devin Booker was incredible. But I just think, you know, I, I think the Clippers would give them a little bit more. That's if they get past Utah, Gordon. And, you know, we'll see. And that also, which Clippers team is going to show up? Is it the one that played yeah. in game six or seven in that series or the one that against Dallas, who they were down 0-2 and 2-3 in that series. So which Clippers team is it going to be? That's the other question. Okay, I found the stat. Bases loaded yes. zero outs this year. The Yankees have grounded into seven double plays. There are 17 teams that have not done it even once. That's and the Yankees have done it seven times. That's incredible. It's unbelievable. It really is. I, I'm just I, – I'm, I'm flabbergasted at, at the at – but. And and these players are and here's the other thing too, Gordon. And I, and I heard some of the K show today. Boy, was he his yep, jaw was engaged. pretty tight. Yep, absolutely. He was <laughs> he was there. He was ready to roll. His jaw was tight. We'll hear from him, some of the comments he had during the show today. But it is interesting. 
And how many times, Gordon, how many people have we talked to, well, why don't they have a left-hand batter? Why don't they have a left-hand batter? Why don't they have a left-hand batter? And look, a couple of your switch hitters, Aaron Hicks, switch hitter, out of the lineup. You know, some a, a player or two that could balance your lineup just a little bit. What they didn't, you don't even have to change pitchers against the Yankees. Now you bring in the right hander, you're good. Forget, yeah. forget the three, forget the minimal three batters you got to face. You could keep him in for a couple of innings. Yeah, and look, it's not like Aaron Hicks is uh, is uh, is any great, especially this year. I mean, the guy's always been hurt and yeah. was, was off to a rough start as it was. But you yeah. know, there used to be there used to be a focus about going after left-handed power, Yankee Stadium left-handed power, and it's just been. It's been an absolute afterthought. So uh, you start – and look, I'm, I'm generally on board, or at least I'm open to analytics. Explain mm-hmm. it to me and tell me why this makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the whole right-handed, you know, not looking at, at, at bringing in left-handed power when you know that that's what the Yankees have always been known for, even with the shifts, even with all the – you know, we have good right-handed hitters who can hit anybody – it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. You need to – the Yankees have always had left-handed hitters. Even in the, the – the, you know, it's not like we're talking about the 50s and 60s. The 2000s, they had left-handed power. That's how they won World Series and everything else. So in the late 90s. And so it's just uh, – it's very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. It's like they moved the fences back in right field so we don't have to – we don't need right, left-handed hitters anymore. <laughs> no. And, and, and unfortunately, they have some right-handed hitters who stink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> If you're going to be bad and you're going to be boring, that is a really bad combination. Now they have today off, then they'll go to Minnesota. And if you say, who are the two most disappointing teams in baseball? You'd say Minnesota be first, and now the Yankees are second. So the Yankees better get very, very right with three games in Minnesota because Minnesota loses to everybody now. Yankees have to win three games. I'm sorry, you have to win three games. You have to bounce back from a performance like you had over the weekend by just flexing and beating a team that you're supposed to beat. Michael Kay on the Michael Kay Show earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN is Damer and Hardesty until midnight. And, Gordon, you agree with Michael? Yeah. I, I, I want to win every <laughs> – I don't care who it is. You've got to start winning games. And, you know, Twins, he said, Twins are disappointing. Twins kind of the same spot as the Yankees. Two years ago, they made some moves and, and really started hitting with more power, mm-hmm. and their power has kind of vanished as well. So um, – and they've obviously had a very disappointing season, so – uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that the Yankees at this point can look at any team and say, "Well, we're we're expected to sweep them," but if they want to, if they want to ch- turn things around here, if there's going to be any hope whatsoever, yeah, you got to kind of go and, and start winning a lot of games. It's not enough. At some point, it's not going to be enough to win two out of three against mm-hmm. bad teams because you can't beat the teams in your own division, right? Can't yeah. beat the Red Sox, can't beat the Rays, and can't beat the Jays. So. <laughs> Can't beat the Tigers. You can't, you know, you've played 10 games against the Orioles already, so you got to start beating somebody. I mean, then, which reminds me, having how much confidence do you have having that misfortune against Detroit not that long ago? No, I have no confidence. The confidence is gone. <laughs> Larry, have you been listening to the show? This day? I'm done. I am finished on this season. This season no, wait, is wait, wait, over. No, you're not, wait, wait. Come on, Gordon. Not, I'm telling you, I don't wow. see any reason to start believing in this team. Like, it's not enough that guys like like LeMayhew and Glaber start hitting. They need to have more than just like a, a they got to get like red hot just kind of get back to to where they should kind of in the neighborhood of where they should be. So 
Um, I, I'm not, I don't have a high level of confidence, mainly because I don't have a confidence that the, the front office is going to do anything either. I mean, they have two glaring holes over yeah. 60 games, center field and first base, and they've done basically nothing. They have Florial sitting in the minors, haven't called him up, despite having the worst production in center field that you possibly can have. It's crazy. It is. It really is. Chris is in Far Rockaway. Hey, Chris, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen? What's up, Chris? Uh, hey, uh, I want to talk about the uh, the baseball, and ironically, you brought up the Mets, too. And uh, it's a crazy segue because I believe it was during the offseason they were trying to uh, make a deal or a trade or to acquire um, Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. And now they thought yeah. he's bringing up the the issues about about these baseballs, and I'm a Mets fan, so I'm kind of glad that the Mets didn't get him because the, the the spotlight would be on the Mets in a negative way, even though we're in first, which is crazy. It, it's just it's just crazy. I, like you said, I'm scared because September ain't get here yet, and that's when the bubble can burst. But I'm enjoy this ride. So that's all I'm, you can I'm do, Chris. Right back to you guys. Chris, my friend, thanks for the phone call. That's all you can do. Right now, the team is playing well. Are, do, are there some concerns I have? Yes, but but I, I they're winning, so right. No. You know, they're not they're not a concern right now. If they're, if, you know, I have the concerns going to say, boy, you know, we had lost that game. We had lost that game. I'd be really hot. I'd be upset. But we didn't lose the game, so we're good. So yeah. I'm just, you know, like I said, just cruising along, Gordon. Not not trying trying to stay undercover. Yeah, it, not talking a lot of stuff. The, you know, when you have a team like you know that's good and has gotten off to a good start and is playing well, like the Mets, it, it makes everything nice and free and easy. Mm-hmm. When you have a bad team and it's bad early, yeah, and it's a baseball team, all you can kind of do is stew in it, right? Like you can't go any. Like if you have a bad football team, you know, generally people love football enough that you can watch other games and you can still enjoy it even if your team is terrible. Yeah. The football season flies by. Yeah. Uh, the basketball, the, the, the best part about the season is the offseason sometimes, so at least you can get excited about that. When, it, when you're rooting for a baseball team and it's bad, and like the Yankees have been bad and, and, and certainly have the potential to be worse, all you can do is just kind of st- sit there and take it. There's nothing you can do, and it just gets you more and more frustrated. So... Uh, you got to hope that uh, the Yankees got to hope that they turn things around here at some point. And, and you just you, and you're kind of you're caught because, you know, you would say, well, maybe when they get to the trade deadline, something will happen. No. But when you look in, and you have the feeling as you have that, no, they're sticking hard to this to to the salary. They, they're not trying to go over the salary cap. This is a this is a hard cap for them. I mean, you're looking almost like, well, we have no hope. And and. If you feel that way, Gordon, you wonder how do the players feel in the clubhouse, right? Because they're there every day. They see what's going on. They know. They know. Like, something's not right. Players will tell you, Gordon, there's something not right. There's something missing in this in this locker room or clubhouse, depending on the sport. They know better than we do. And so they're kind of looking to see, is anybody walking through that door anytime? Are they going to do anything about this? No, I, I don't think that they are because, again, it would, it, would, it would require Brian Cashman to admit that he was wrong. And I think that the evidence is already there, right? Like after 2017 when they made the coaching change, if I could go, we could go back to that moment in time mm-hmm. and they decide to make the coaching change and say in four years from now, 
you still will not, I mean, assuming they don't go to the World Series this year, right. you still won't have made it to the World Series. Would you make, is it the right call? You'd obviously say, no, it's not the right call because it seemed like it was a team that was right on the cusp. And every year, almost like chewing on bubble gum, it, if you, the longer you keep it, the, the, the less flavor, the less return yeah. there is, that's, yeah. it, it's gotten stale. And uh, I think that the Yankees need to, uh, to break out a new piece because this piece is, uh, <laughs> this is like mm-hmm. rubber now. I mean, it's, just, it's brutal. It is. It is. I mean, just think what has happened to this team since that time, right? Judge has been in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get Stanton. He hasn't done anything. Gary Sanchez has disappeared off the oh, map. Disappeared. Uh, Gleyber Torres is not the player you thought he was going to be right now. Right. Nope. Uh, there's just been so many things that have happened to this team. Yeah. You know, I mean, two years wise, ago, Glaber looked like one of the budding young stars of the game. And, you know, look, there is time. Maybe he does turn it around. Maybe the power switch gets flipped for him at some point. But um, it, it almost it almost kind of makes you feel like what is going on with the Yankees' development of talent where they have young players where they think this guy is going to be a long-term answer and the returns diminish over time, right? Like Greg Bird yeah. was a guy that we thought, That's oh, right. this guy's going to wow. eventually turn it on. Uh, Sanchez is clearly is, – is Glaber going to be one of those guys now? Uh, yeah, you have to at least question it. It's scary, you know. I forgot about Greg Bird, Gordon. I mean, he he's the reason why you got Luke Voigt. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and how long were we waiting for Greg Bird? He was always hurt. I mean, it's a, a typical Yankee story. Yeah. Showed some flashes early. You thought, all right, maybe here's something. Uh, this is going to be a guy that really is is going to be here for a long time, and then just could not produce. And it took the Yankees forever to turn the page on him. And we heard all the same things. Ah, we see good signs, you know. We just got to get him healthy. We just got to do this. Just got to do that. No, it didn't. Uh, didn't work out that way. Didn't work out at all. Dave's in Cormac. Hey, Dave, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, Larry, how are you? Good, Dave. What's up? Watch the Islander game tonight. I think this series, it's the Islanders' uh, chance to win or lose it in Game Six, as far as the series goes. If they don't win it in Game Six, I think Boston wins the series. Well, I say this, Dave, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, if the Bruins don't get better goaltending, they're not going to have to worry about seven. They're not going to worry about going back to Boston. They're going back to Boston a loser. Uh, I mean, what did they have? Gordon, I don't remember correctly. I think it was they had four goals on uh, – the Islanders had five goals on maybe 20 shots. Right. Maybe. I mean, you know, and they had four goals and had like 25, almost 30 shots. It, it, the goaltending just just let them down, and so listen, uh, gotta say it like the Islanders' chances uh, at home yeah. to uh, end this series. Yeah, you got two to win one, right? And yeah. uh, and and at least you'll know uh, this is not like the NBA where you know it's going to stretch into the week. You got Game Six on Wednesday, Game Seven on Friday, so you'll know what kind of weekend you'll have by Friday night. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, they had forty-four shots on goal. <laughs> the Bruins yeah. did. And they got four goals. And the Islanders had uh, 19 shots on goal and got five. (laughs) So uh, goaltending was the difference in that one. There's no question about it. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.